This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Hello, Flyperbole listeners, and welcome back to Flyperbole Under Quarantine. I am Steve Jacot. This is Craig Forsyth, and we're here to talk about something Flyers related, single topic of Flyers related fun for the next hour or so. Craig, how's it going, man? Steven, it's uh, it's another day in quarantine. That's what it feels like, if I'm being honest with you and the listeners. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, it's been another day. But Have you done here. your daily shot of Lysol? Uh, I mean, I haven't left my place, so I have not. Uh, I have not. Not yet. I'm going to do it before I go out tomorrow. So you got it. Gonna... You got it. It's the only way to stay safe. <laughs> so, yeah, just got to take it real quick. Just eat some real quick and then go outside. And, just chug uh, it. Way. <laughs> just chug a whole batch of oh, Lysol and then get back out there. That's, so, that's where society is. We're talking about chugging bleach. Again, it's eating Tide yeah. Pods and chugging bleach. That's that's where we're at. Yeah. I don't know if the Tide Pods carried over, but I'm sure we're getting to the point where people are probably getting bored at home. I want to see if it actually does anything if you eat a Tide Pod. So I would say don't eat the Tide Pods. Oh, and also, so you probably you know, die. Pro- odds are. Yeah, odds I don't think so. But yeah. I will I would, I would almost guarantee that I bet you Rob Gronkowski is probably housed a couple of Tide Pods and he's fine. So I don't want to say everybody would die. But I remember Gronk being those ads, like holding those little things. And I'm like, there's no way he hasn't been like, these probably taste like Tic Tacs and throwing a couple in his mouth or something. <laughs> so I think he's eaten someone he's lived. I'm sure other people have, but in general, don't eat, you know, don't eat Todd. That's Wouldn't a usual rule of thumb. Yeah, not, not ideal, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about not eating Todd. <laughs> we're talking about uh, fires that weren't here for long and who were the best out of that group. So we're trying to think of a good title for this. I mean, we've got short-term flyers. We've got uh one hit wonders one year wonders we're essentially looking at flyers who played around a year or so and really didn't end up making i mean they made actually a huge impact in the brief time they were here so guys that made a splash but weren't necessarily flyers for that long and i really wanted to go with the one year criteria but you know when we looked at the research most of the guys that that we were thinking of it kind of played like a year and a half to two years, some somewhere in that range. So we decided on a hundred games or less. Yeah, I th- yeah, a hundred regular season games or less, and we picked out a lot of guys that because there you're right, there were a lot of guys that were here for a little more than a year, but it was like a year and change, and they definitely left an impact on the team. But it it was really just one season they were here, and help the team out so we're looking at the five best players or making out a team of the, the best flyers who played 100 games or less and looking at the three best forwards two best defensemen and, and two goalies to kind of make a uh no we're going for two goalies. i mean we can do falls going for a we can do one one's gonna be i mean we can write all off the goalies and it's gonna get real uh it's gonna get real weird because i think some guys <laughs> some guys you wouldn't think as uh all-time flyers anything might be in the running for that for that distinction and uh it's gonna be hilarious but the so the forwards and defensemen though there's gonna be a lot of uh there are a couple of names that come to mind pretty quickly and a lot i think some of those guys are gonna make 
the top three spots. And I don't really care about center or wings, although one of the guys I think is a center is probably going to you know help us out with that. And then the defensemen, yeah, I think, again, the defenseman's going to get a little interesting. But uh, I think there might be a name on there, too, that might be able to make the cut that I don't think anybody would have thought of you know, going into this. But that's a lot of rambling. So pretty much what we're going to do right now is just uh, just go through some guys and decide whether or not they'll be the top three forwards, top two defensemen, or the top goalie for uh, all-time flyers that weren't here for that long. Right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, so, and the way, of course, in a classic Flyperbole fashion, I tried to put together an outline and put it in a very organized fashion. There are a gajillion forwards on here, so I just put down a lot of names, and we're going to go through each one. Maybe not spend a ton of time on them, but we'll, we'll spend time on the guys I think will probably make the cut. So, number one on my list, or the, the list that we put here together, uh, Steve, uh, is Yarmer Yager, who I think is probably going to be one of the three words we stick with, right? Yager's a lot. he was a for, fucking monster, yeah. For whatever we end up ultimately deciding on, Yager is a lock because he essentially inspired this list, right? We were thinking about yeah, guys yeah. who were here a short period of time. There, I think there were two guys we specifically thought of. Yager was one of them. We'll talk about the other one later. But guys that weren't here that long, but are still remembered fondly for their time here. And I think Yager is the perfect example of this. Yager is a guy who was, he's only here a year, but one season. it was such a memorable season. I mean, you've got Giroux and Hartnell doing the Yager salute at the All-Star game. <laughs> that line yeah. was just electric. Yager won the hearts and minds of Philadelphians, which we didn't think was possible because... Again, for people who don't remember this, who might be too young to remember this, when Yager played with the Penguins, and uh, well, it didn't really happen with the Rangers, but when he played with the Penguins back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and he had his really, really long mullet, the Wells Fargo Center would play the song, Dude Looks Like a Lady. And that is probably not the most uh, sensitive choice these days. Yeah. Uh, or ever, really. But it... Uh, it looks really bad now. People thought it was funny at the time, but it looks really bad now. But that's the thing. Like, that is not something you do to a, an opponent that you necessarily respect, uh, somebody that you want on your team. And he was a yeah, guy that yeah. Flyers fans, and I, I could never have envisioned Flyers fans coming to embrace him, especially considering the fact that the teams Yager played for were the Penguins, the Capitals, and the Rangers before he came back to the NHL. Yeah. And he also didn't, I mean... You know, we were talking last week about Flyers, not Flyers. He didn't really embody a, somebody who should have ever been on the Flyers, if that makes sense. Even though he's always been ridiculously good, it was a thing that, you're right, I guess fans really didn't think he should have been on the Flyers, or ever would be on the Flyers. But uh, ended up being here. Ended up being pretty damn good for the one season he was here. Um, 54 points, 19 goals. 35 assists in 73 games. Also had eight points in the postseason. Uh, the Flyers had 11 games that 2012 postseason. And he scored a goal. He had a game-winning goal against the Penguins for the Flyers. So that's something that actually happened in an actual NHL timeline. Was he uh, Game two of that uh, 2012 series, the one where Drew and uh, Couturier had hat-tricks, he had the sixth goal in the 8-5 uh, win. So he... I think for being a guy that was only here for one year and played under 100 games, he is probably going to end up being on this on this line here, on this uh, the top three. But he, 
Yeah, and he was a—I mean, he was a monster the year he was here. And everybody—he did the salute a couple times. And I remember the All-Star game with G and Hartnell. And then uh, I remember Mike Rupp doing it at the Winter Classic, and it became a big thing because he was disrespecting Yager. <laughs> so we were upset yeah. that Yager was disrespected. Yeah, like, Yager what a world! <laughs> I, it's just like it was crazy. And it's it, because he was more of a pure scorer. He was just like. We always like, oh, that pretty boy over there. But the thing is, like, Yager was a guy who really manhandled people in the offensive zone yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Held his own, used that giant ass to bounce people out of the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was the, uh, I, it's just because he's not North American, I think, is probably the reason why it kind of played into him really not getting much love back in the 90s, too. Like, I think if he was, because he does play a physical game. Like, he does throw his weight around. So, but it was the, uh, that hair. That long hair. That hair. I think that didn't, that didn't help him. But but now we love the hair. Looking back, we, we now all we love it. Yeah, the Yager mullet. Yeah, there's we have a little a little fonder memories of uh, Yager than uh than than we used to. Yeah, and I imagine Cavs fans because Cavs fans probably still hate him. So yeah. Um, yeah. So I think he's gonna make it. I would say he's one of them. Uh, so now, of course, just going down the list to make sure we get all of these random flyers. Um. Number two, I have on here. And you're not mentioning everybody because that's quite an extensive list. You're mentioning oh, no, 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 no. highlights. I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off some names. We don't have to spend any time talking about. Holy them. shit! You do have like every name here. This is I know. Craig, so Craig Forsyth, folks. <laughs> this is how much he cares about <laughs> podcasting about the Philadelphia Flyers. I am losing my mind today. <laughs> this is yeah. This was a list I put together in about four hours during quarantine. When uh, you know, there's a uh, there's just we didn't even the decide quarantine. on a topic until three p.m. <laughs> I was going through the. I was going to the, the quarantine, uh, I don't even know what they call it, the quarantine, I can't think of another keyword right now, but I was feeling pretty bummed out today. It's been a long day of just being isolated, like I'm sure everybody else is going through. I was able to think of just random ass flyers, and number two on my list is a Roman Lubimov. Obviously not going to make it now, looking at all these names I got here, not going to make it. Him, Phil Veroni, Adam Hall, another name. And Adam Hall, I actually did like, but he's not going to be one of the top three. Another guy good. I think might have a Fine. chance here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Dale Howardchuck. And we mentioned him a couple times before in recent weeks. But uh, 54 points, 16 goals, 38 helpers in 67 games in 95-96 and 96-97. And then in the 96 playoffs, had nine points in 12 games. 97 playoffs, had seven points in 17 games, so ended up playing under 100 regular season games with the Flyers, parts of two seasons. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be one of the top three, but he's somebody I feel like that kind of gets – doesn't really get mentioned a lot with that that Cup team back in 97. But getting him was a like, big part of that team. Like They, they probably yeah. – you know, he, he having Howard Chuck and having a guy with that experience and having a guy with that talent really helped balance that team and, and get them to – Unfortunately, not quite where we all wanted them to go, but they, they still were a very good team and it's went pretty general far. General ballpark. Yeah, yeah, general ballpark where they wanted to go. Almost, but not quite. Uh, but the uh, – yeah, but I feel like I the Legion of Doom and Paul Coffey are like the main guys I hear about uh, from that run pretty much. Oh, Rod the or Bod, of course, too. Yeah, Rod the Bod. Yeah, Rod the Bod. And I do think of Hextall even though I, I think most of us don't want to think about Hextall from that series and that <laughs> – he's from now or ever well also he wasn't that good but yeah that exactly yeah so um but but it's that was serviceable goaltending essentially for that era it's like garth snow and hextall gave you serviceable goaltending and that's that's pretty much all that team needed 
Well, until it came uh, to the Red Wings. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so he, I think he might be an honorable mention when it's all said and done. Uh, going back to, again, I was going to, I was trying to go for all the guys so we could run through the list here, but some of these guys obviously aren't going to make it. Um, Tyler Pitlick, and- Derek Grant, Tyrell Gover, Ryan Hartman, Tyler <laughs> You can't Billy Joel. So the, uh, the uh, yeah, Tyler Pitlick and Derek Grant, real quick, though. We weren't going to talk about guys on this roster, but I threw them on here because they feel like guys who are only going to be here for one year. Or we're definitely going to play under 100 games with the Flyers and probably uh, dip. But I feel like there would be guys that are worth mentioning when we do this exercise five years from now when we're quarantined again. So, uh, yeah, so you got uh, you got down the – you said Taylor Lee there too? I just – you don't yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> Dan Martell, boy, Gordon. Colin McDowell, Mike Vesci. You remember Mike Vescioni? Remember how pumped everybody was when he came out of college and we got him? Kobe we Baker landed him. Yeah, Mike Vescioni. Yeah. Oh, we got him, baby. Uh, two games, by the way. Zero points in two games a couple years ago. Peter Forsberg. This is the very first guy, guy I thought of. These are the next two names you are thought, two that might make the rest of the line here. You thought so. of Yager. I thought of Forsberg. And mm-hmm. that's. Yeah, I think our second was the guy after this, too. So, yeah. But Forsberg. Yeah, you go ahead and. Uh, Googie wax poetically if you want to. Well, I, I got that. Uh, I got that hideous Forsberg jersey from this this period oh, of time. Oh, crazy! So it was. I you think made it that look was good. that was one of the the few exciting things of that era of Flyers hockey was getting Forsberg back, and you know yeah. just the fact that you always played what if uh, specifically because Forsberg had so much success with the Colorado Avalanche, and you know not that the Flyers weren't successful with Eric Lindros, but given the hard feelings at this era on both sides and the fact that, you know, Lindros hadn't lifted that cup but Forsberg had, it was really exciting at the time to, to get Forsberg back in the orange and black. And really it just amounted to essentially a season and a half worth of games, a uh, hundred games exactly. Uh, but he had 115 back. points in those hundred games. Yeah. And like, and that 2006 or uh, not good, not good at all. And if you go back, they were clearly the worst team in the league, and nobody really produced on that team. And he was a point per game player, eleven goals and twenty nine assists for forty points in forty games, which is kind of kind of remarkable during that season. I mean, oh five, oh six, he was he was awesome to watch. I mean, his passing yeah. was as good as ever. Uh, he had incredible, incredible chemistry with Simone Gagne. Yeah, yeah, because I remember for a while it was Gagne and Knubel were were the line, and they were they were killing it. They're um, killing it because Knubel do the dirty work, stand in front of the goal, you know, and Gagne and Forsberg just put on a show. Yeah, yep, and I think, uh, yeah, so I think he would be, he's got to be one of the top three, right? Just looking at the yeah, look at the amount of points he put up there, and also because it is Peter Forsberg, and he was probably the highlight of those two seasons, I guess. Oh, easily, probably, easily. And yeah, so. Again, it was uh, also pretty, did they get a good trade value for him? I'm trying to remember. Oh, when they traded him to Nashville? Yeah. Yeah, because it was, eventually what they got out of it was the Rice, the Hartnell and team. And then, That's right. Um, Ryan Parent uh, and uh, Ooh, Scotty Upshaw. Ryan Parent, everybody's favorite. Hey, Scotty Upshaw, yeah. very, uh, well, was, yeah, very they decent got, player yeah. for this team for a, a decent amount of time. And I mean, obviously, we know about Kimo Teeman and Scott Hartnell. Yeah, and it was because uh, what was it? Yeah, so you pretty much got three roster players for two thousand or two thousand seven oh eight, and then Teeman and Hartnell beyond for it was just Forsberg, um, 
traded Forsberg to Nashville for their first, and then I think they traded the first back to get the whole. I forget what the two trades are now, but they pretty much just switched Forsberg around a little bit, and they they got like four assets out of it. Yeah. So uh, worth it. Yeah, so it was, it was a good trade. And, and just then, some uh, great hockey from Forsberg in that time. I mean, go look up those highlights when you get a chance. I mean, they, you know, that man could pass a fucking puck. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, he was probably like 50%, if not more, like the highlight reel from those two seasons, I think. I mean, he's a highlight. Just him out there making fucking plays. He's a highlight reel machine for his entire career. I mean, he's got one of the best shootout goals of all time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and people were still to this day uh copying it even in, in video games as i do all the time so yeah. uh peter forsberg uh and then and the next guy who i think might close out the line but we still got some other interesting names here uh billy leno billy, billy leno billy bueno uh 57 points in 94 games from 2009 2010 to 2010 2011 um came over in a trade from Detroit for old Christian Tolfson and a 2010 fifth, which became Matias Backman, uh, Swedish defenseman that were played in the league. So uh, pretty, pretty good trade by Paul Holmgren back when he uh, used to know how to click, uh, click all the right buttons. So uh, he came four points, only at four points in 13 regular season games. When he came over after the trade in 2010, to close out the 2009, 2010 season, and then 21 points in 19 postseason games. During the 2010 playoffs, uh, tied Dino Cicerelli for most points in a single postseason for a rookie. 2010-11, 53 points, 19 goals, 34 assists in 81 games, and then had five points in 11 postseason games, including the overtime winner against the Sabers in Game Five of the, or no, Game Six of the um, 2011 Eastern Conference quarterfinals. Um, ended up with 26 points in 30 postseason games. Didn't have a 20 goal season for the Flyers. That's a pretty big impact for a guy that was here for a little over a season. <laughs> and the best non-signing of Paul Holmgren's tenure. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it really was. And uh, I mean, yeah, man, fucking Buffalo. Uh, they really uh, ended up uh, eating it with that contract. But yeah. I'm looking up. I looked up the Forsberg trades here. Um, February 15th was traded to Nashville. By, Bill, by Philly for Scotty Upshaw, Ryan Parent, and Nashville's first. Later traded back to Nashville. Oh, they later, yeah, they later uh, traded the first back to Nashville um, with the third um, for the, the rights to Hardnell and um, Team and I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. It all, all it all works out. Yeah, so, it all works out. Yeah, it all. The thing about Leno at the end of the day is you do get this incredible value for him, and he was such a, a crucial addition for that 2010 run. And the chemistry he had with Briere and Hartnell was just tremendous. Like nobody could have anticipated that. And this is the only time in this guy's career he did anything even remotely close to this. So that I, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know if you can put him over Howard Chuck, but based on pedigree and everything, but for, for impact he had on, on the Philadelphia Flyers alone, I think that's really where Philly Leno gets the bang for your buck in your like one year wonder category, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. His, uh, like, Tower Chuck, is, his, their careers aren't even close, obviously. But Leno was a pretty a pretty crucial part of that 2010 team. And uh, the, the Fires, I don't think, get as far as they do without him. So I think in terms of guys that, you know, weren't here for long, one-hit wonders, uh, I, 
he's got to be up there. He might be fourth if he's not on the if Howard Chuck beats him out. I'll listen to Howard Chuck argument. I think that's a, but he, um, yeah, I think he might end up being the third and final guy. But there are there are a couple other names here that will uh will go through, and I well, especially go at the end here. This next name, I mean, come on, this is maybe the greatest name in Flyers history, right here. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to, we might have to start over. Yeah, so the guy who on last week's episode of Fly Perfectly Under Quarantine, I described as uh, the most happy Gilmore esque player on the Flyers, <laughs> wherein. I think he's the most likely to uh, try and stab somebody with a skate. And that would be Steve Downey. Steve Downey. I can't believe he played Only... under 100 games as a flyer. I I know. I can't believe that either, but 89, 89 games. agonizing, violence-filled games. And I was going to say, I think part of the reason why I we didn't think he played uh, under 100 games was probably because he was here in 2007-08, but he had that huge suspension. From launching himself at Dean McCammon, I think he got 25 games. So that probably hampered how many he played. 30 he ended up playing 32 games in 2007-08. Probably got. I think he probably got suspended for other shit in that series. I don't remember. I remember him also sucker punching uh, Jason Blake. We talked about that last week too. Uh, he did a lot of stupid shit. 89 games with 200 games worth of penalty minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how I want them. <laughs> uh, and he was also here and he started the season in 08-09. Played six games, zero points, surprisingly. Uh, traded the Tampa Bay and the Carl deal, which we also talked about last week. Came back and was traded for um, actual hockey player Max Talbot. 2013-14 uh, season, 17 points in 51 games. So, and also the clawing of uh, David Clarkson's eye. Sheep uh, hit on McCammond. Um, uh, yeah, just Steve Downey doing Steve Downey stuff. I mean, he... Uh, he he was an interesting player. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> he had some. He, he was a handful. First round pick too, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, I, he's not making the fucking list. But he was somebody <laughs> to have on here. <laughs> also, especially let's get this out of the way. Yuri Laterra, eleven points in eighty nine games. A so. true all star along the boards. An all star along the board. He won so many puck battles, and he can't count those except he can. And he really didn't win a lot. But Bill Clement thought he won a lot, so we'll just leave it at that. Uh, eight points in sixty two games. Eight points in sixty two games. I, I got that clap. At the uh, end of the eight. day, that's what Yuri Latera is most notable yeah, for as a flyer: was being involved yeah. in a cocaine bust, playing a season where he may or may not about to be arrested over, yeah, in Finland for a drug bust. At his cottage? Yuri! I think that was the best. <laughs> At his cottage, which is the most innocent-sounding cocaine yeah. bust of all time. Uh, 2018-19, though, three points in 27 games. Three fucking points <laughs> in 27 games. I can't believe we've traded Brady uh, Shen for him straight up. Straight up. Nothing else involved. Terrible trade. Shen's still in the league, and I just wish the Flyers had assets to show for it. Um, yeah, you already have the tower, not even close. He would be, he might be on the opposite of this list for like top six Flyers we never want to think about again. Um, Jody Shelley is somebody else I had here, five points and, 100, and 191 Pims in 89 games from 2010 11 to 2012 13. Ian Le I don't know if he's going to make it. I think he deserves some mention of it. Uh, of I mean, being on this group, though. If you want to talk about a guy who maximized like his Flyers legend in a short period of time, that's Ian LaPerriere, where he only played 82 games, but everybody knows Ian LaPerriere is, and that's basically from taking a puck in the face. Yeah, 
it played literally one season and um it was a hell of a puck yeah, in the exactly. face don't get me wrong like i yeah. i somewhat mock it because like he is held on in his job in the uh as oh, a coach for whatever yeah, reason there's... throughout you know a couple different coaches at this point but i mean that was that is still one of the most heroic like flyers blocks of all time like he got right yeah. in there and it was holy shit that is a tough clip to watch yeah yeah and it was i mean and the thing too was at the time it was a block that he didn't necessarily need to make it was a three goal game it was game five flyers were up three to one in the series but it was just the mentality of just going out and blocking the shot that adds to the uh you know to the uh story of it all and he that pretty much led to him missing some time due to concussion and post-concussion uh, issues and then came back later that postseason missed all of 2010-11 probably because he came back too early and shouldn't be playing in the postseason but that's besides the point ended up winning the Masterton in, in 2011 because of that um, and he yeah I mean and he was a fine fourth liner for what he was he was fine so I just felt like we should give him a shout out and then I agree with you though the that block shot is great and I love it but it definitely bought him like an extra two seasons as a PK coach or like more time that he just didn't need to like the, the reason for why he was awesome was going to help the future flyers, but they were hanging on to that fact. It felt like, and he's still here. And I feel like I like his role a lot better now than when he was on the bench being the PK coach. So still maybe not the top three, but I did. I thought that was a pretty good example of what we're going for here. I feel like everybody's going to remember Ian LaPerrier for a while. It was a flyerish right? play. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know why I keep saying fucking right. It's like the fifth time I've done that right, right now, but anyway. Right. Yeah, right? Right? No, right. It was a downright uh, flyerish play. We talked about flyerish non-flyers last week, and th- this was, when you just say the word flyerish, our made-up word, this was a flyerish mm-hmm. play. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, exactly. Um, and also, well, not really another flyerish one, but uh, he's He's from here. Uh, Jim Dowd was somebody I threw on the list. Jim Dowd was in the only... league for about 67 years. Played for 40 teams. Uh, he's still playing. He's 78. Uh, 10 points in 73 games in 2007-08 for the Flyers. 3 points in 17 postseason games. I just remember each time he scored, he would make the most obnoxious deal about it uh, when he was on the Flyers, and it used to always crack me up. Obviously, I'm not making a list. He's Jim fucking Dowd. Uh, Bronco Radovojevic is another name I thought I just want to get out there. That's just a great Flyers uh, name right there. I mean, if you say yeah. Bronco Radovojevic five times, he will appear and serve you a pina colada. <laughs> he will appear and ask you for a contract. I think is how that will go down. So just make sure Chuck Fletcher doesn't. Yeah, 23 points and 80 pims in 88 games from 2003-04 to 05 06 traded to philadelphia in february 2004 um it was him ben eager and sean burke for mike Comrie. man maybe the best trade of all time that's a great trade Every yeah that's a, that's a whole lot of trade going on there top flight name. <laughs> speaking of top flight names uh brian savage you remember that guy oh yeah no at all so no nobody does 14 points minus 18 in 66 games back in 05 06 one goal in six postseason games during 2006, uh, one series run for the Flyers. He had a shorthanded goal in game three, 42 win. Also a victim of one of the best saves I've ever seen from Sebastian Cron. And luckily, it was on YouTube. I, but this was, see if you want to check it out for a, a old walk down memory lane. It was, uh, it was pretty absurd, the save. And that's the only thing I remember about Brian Savage was seeing that over and over again. Uh, and that gives me more memory or more to remember him about than I do Kyle Calder, who I just 
you know, 21 points, nine goals, 12 helpers in 59 games in 06, 07. Kyle, uh, Calder, who's, Kyle Calder is who the Calder Cup's named after. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you're right. I should have. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. The Kyle Calder Cup. We should. Somebody's got to get on Wikipedia and change it all around. And then um, it's also, but he was I mean, involved there should the, be a trophy. He, he was involved in the Hanzoos trade. Oh, yeah, he was traded to Philly for Michael Hansus in mean, uh, he, August of 2006. He should be notable for bringing the best hair in Flyers history to town. Oh, no, no, he was he caused it to go out of town. He oh, was the, to the, well, yeah, boom, yeah, he was, boom. Yeah, he was, I was like, reading it the wrong yeah, way. The worst. Oh, cause, I mean, well, <laughs> Speaking of best hair, but also the best like name you could say, uh, like chant in the crowd where it was just you go the Zeus. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, great. one of those, yeah. Uh, Michael Hansen is pretty memorable too. I mean, he obviously played more than, but yeah. Uh, Jeff Sanderson, I can remember oh, 29 points off. in 58 games during that, uh, that all season traded with Yoni Pickenin in a 2009 third, which became Cameron Abney, which he, he, he was bad for Joffrey Lupo and Jason Smith Cameron on July 1st, Abney. 2007. So, I mean, that's a pretty good deal. Another good Homer deal there. Yeah. Sanderson and Pickenin in a third for Lupo and Jason Smith. Again, he only had Jason Smith for a year, but. Man, there was a lot of heart in that year. (laughs) There was a lot. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of great leadership. Yeah. Uh, Somebody else who I think deserves a little bit of an honorable mention, but I don't see any way he's going to top the or crack the top three here. Uh, Nikolai Zherdev. Going back and looking at it, didn't have a bad fucking season. (laughs) I used to. (laughs) 22 points, 16 of which were goals in 56 games. 16 goals. In 56 games, playing fourth line minutes in 2010-11, I went back and looked it up. 16 goals is the most for any player that's played 56 games or less for Philly in franchise history. Uh, Second most is uh, Harvey Bennett. I don't even – you guys know everything about Harvey Bennett. I don't need to go on about that. But he had 13 goals in 53 games for the Flyers between the 1976-77 and 1977-78 seasons. So uh, Jared is at the top of that bunch. Also had three points in eight playoff games for the Flyers back in 2011. Uh, had the game-winning goal on the road in their 4-2 win during game three of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals against the Sabres. So, Zheridev, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Zheridev, that tinted visor, that uh, lazy work ethic, the uh, wasted potential. Everything you want to associate with Zheridev, I thought it should be brought into this discussion of uh, temporary Flyers that cause some damage. A guy that you'd much rather have than Simone Gagne, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah, who <laughs> would? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, decision. who wants that? Yeah, it, was, it was a good call. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Metropolit? Metropolit? I always forget how to say it, his name. It, no, it's Metropolit. Metropolit. It's, no, it's Metropolit. Yeah. 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 Uh, like 14 goals. 14 points. in division. 14 points in 55 games. Uh, my favorite tidbit about him was he was waived by the Flyers back in February of 2009. Claimed off waivers by the Canadians the same day the Canadians were playing the Flyers in Philly. So he just suited up for them to play the Flyers, and the Flyers lost that game 4-3 to three in overtime. That's so easy that's, enough uh, to take the plane home good. with those guys. Yeah, it was pretty. It's uh, In terms of getting picked up off waivers, that's probably the ideal situation right there. Maybe not going from a uh, – well, he he's Canadian has his passport, so he's fine. Uh Stefan Ruzica, Sam Gagne, Peter Nedved, Jay Rosehill. Uh, these these are all guys that I put on this list that are not even going to come close. We've mentioned the Jay Rosehill strip club story a couple of times yeah, recently. Go, go listen to the, the the episode we did with Steph. That's that's a good time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, we really break it down. Jay Rosehill <laughs> strip club story, 
it's worth it. Go look it up if you're it's not familiar. It's worth it, yeah. Sam Gagne um, was kind of... Uh, Sam Gagne had a few good games, but overall... I enjoyed Sam Gagne yeah. here, but I was not somebody... I was not pushing him to bring him back, resign him or anything, but I did not... I didn't hate his stay in Philadelphia, if that makes sense. I really didn't mind Gagne at all. Um, yeah, Peter Nedved, Jay Rose Hill, Ryan Patolny, who... who could forget Ryan Patolny. You know what I mean? He's just amazing. 14 points in 44 games back after the lockout. Harry Zolnerchuk, uh, good old Harry Films, uh, scored his first couple goals just flying through the air with the Flyers. I remember that. Uh, Dmitry Fenisankov, time again, time and time Jesus again. Christ, time again. Yeah, I know. Talk about a guy yeah. who was like beloved by fans. A lot of fanfare. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven goals in 36 games between 2012-13 and 2013-14. <laughs> seven. I think it's the seven goals part. And the worst part was three of those came in like the first eight, nine games of 2013-14 when everybody else in the Flyers, I guess, they were all striking to not score goals. So he was he scored like three of the Flyers' first ten goals that season. Everybody was losing their minds when they sent him back down. So uh, he's not making it. Neither neither is uh, Fenisankov, Zolnerchuk. Some great ass names though. Okay. Uh, Mika Pyrala, a uh, cup of coffee, four points in 36 games. He was worth us back in 2009-2010. Mike York, eight points in 34 games. John Sim, 14 points in 39 games. Randy Robitaille, 17 I'm, points in 28 games. I'm just literally shaking my head as you read these names. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get everybody, and I was just like, some of these guys are not worth the time. But we're gonna mention them. We, we got some Another good ones one, coming up here. I was gonna say. The next three, I think, are ones we can have a conversation about again. Actually, the rest of the list minus, uh, well, Patrick Sharp I put on here too, but Patrick Sharp is not going to. 15 points in 66 games from 2002-03 to 2005-06. One goal in 12 games in the 2004, or 2006, uh, no, 2004 postseason, yeah. Well, that sounds Sorry, like guys should trade. Out. Get him out of there. Get him yeah, out of there. And they did, thankfully. Yeah. And he never For... did anything in the NHL again. <laughs> Certainly wouldn't anything. go on to have a long and successful career as Chicago Blackhawk. Hey, can't knock the return, though. You know what I mean? That one guy they got, Matt Elson. He's, uh, I think it was Matt Elson. <laughs> I don't remember the fuck it was. But Vinny Prospel. Let's talk about it. I got Vinny Prospel's shirt. I'm looking at it right now. A lot of holes in it, Steve, because he's uh, an older flyer. Uh, Vinny Prospel taken... might be the greatest phantom of all time. Oh, you know, you've been slamming Mike Manilock the last couple of episodes. Are you all right? Did you and Mike like meet up and he turned out to like, you know, be okay. a dick or something? So my Vinny Prospel, <laughs> no, my Vinny Prospel story <laughs> was that no, it's not really a story. It's just like I, the year he was called up to the Flyers, I went to like a bunch of phantoms games in the first half of the season. And Vinny Prospel was like, destroying the rest of the AHL in scoring at that point. And I think he was still up there at the end of the year at like the league leaders. <laughs> like he just was just crushing it. Like he just destroyed it. And he was killer in the games I went to. Like he was just unbelievable. And I thought he was going to have a great flyers career and he would not have yeah. a great flyers career. He'd have, he'd have a good career, but just not. Yeah. A good right. career. yeah I mean, uh, and did he had his he had his hands on some teams here? Uh, had a little bit of an impact on a couple of important teams here. But Vinnie uh, Prowse will take it seventy first overall in the ninety three draft. Forty seven points, fourteen of which were goals in seventy seven games with the Flyers during the ninety six ninety seven ninety seven ninety eight and then two thousand seven oh eight teams. Four points in five games during that ninety seven Cup run. 
13 points in 17 games during the two, that 2008 run. Um, and I was looking at it, he had, oh, I, I guess I erased it. He had, I think he had seven points in the, no, nine points in the Capital Series. He had uh, two three-point games, a two-point game, and then he had another assist. He had nine points in the seven-game series during that 2008 run, which is pretty incredible considering he was, I think, about 85 during that run. Um, and then so Vinny first Prospel, time I the Flyers. Vinny Prospel in the 96-97 season had 95 points in 63 games for the Phantoms. Oh, baby. 32 uh, goals, 63 assists. Right up there, right up there with him are such illustrious names as Peter White. Mm-hmm. 40, uh, he had 105 points in 80 games. <laughs> and Patrick Uline, who had 91 oh points God. in 78 games. Patrick Uline, by the way, did not make this list. Uh, I, I was looking at him, did not make it. Uh, came close, but I didn't put on this random uh, grand list that I guess I just was writing down random flyers of the past, but... That's a, I didn't know Vinny Prosper uh, fucked up the AHL that much. Vinny Prosper uh, fucked yeah. up. I didn't know he was doing that much work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, and then uh, I do want to also mention he was traded. He left the Flyers because he was traded to Ottawa in January of 1998 with uh, Pat Falloon, uh, Fat Falloon, uh, and the second rounder in 98. Pat Falloon. Which became Chris Bala. You, uh, nobody, don't worry, for Alexander Deck. <laughs> Man, I mean, that guy. I, I still love that story of how he... Good old Chris Balakimwood. Balakimwood. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's Vinny Prosper, though. Again, uh, honorable mention. Probably not making the uh, probably not making the top line. Neither is... I don't think this guy is either, but he had better numbers than I remember. Tony Amante. Yeah, Tony Amante was a guy I was really excited for uh, when he came to the team, just because like I always had a soft spot for Amante and Ronick when they were with the Blackhawks yeah. in the 90s. Like I, During those, yeah. I was always like, man, imagine if those guys were Flyers. And guess what? They were, but late in the They career. both became. Yeah, yeah. yeah the uh, the old Bill Bill Matz there that I was talking about last week. Yeah, yeah they both came over pretty late. Yeah. And, uh, and but... I mean, I was also like the fact that they were Americans, them and Johnny Vermont, you know, actually getting mm-hmm. some American pride out there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, that's right. USA. So, uh, yeah. USA. <laughs> Rock, flag, and eagle, baby. Uh, Tony Amante. I mean, his, his 2003-04 season was pretty good. He had 53 points, 20 goals, and uh, 80 games. Eight points in 18 postseason games. Two assists and nine shots on goal in the entire Tampa Bay series. Maybe we could have used a little more Tony Amante during that time. I'll have to call you out now, Tony. Tony, Tony uh, 16 years later. But, yeah, Tony, Tony. <laughs> nice. Uh, but... 68 points, 27 goals. Uh, and then um, seven points in 13 postseason games in 2003, though. But that was not the year that the Flyers really needed. Uh, yeah, I thought he could be – I thought he would be up in the running. Much like Craig McTavish, my first ever favorite player <laughs> because, Steve, uh, he was on the Flyers the first season I started uh, watching way back. And he was named Craig and did not have a helmet. Yeah. He was the last player in the league to never ha- wear a helmet. I uh, love so Craig McTavish for that reason. He was Old very easy to pick him out. Helmet. <laughs> She's yelling at kids, oh get off God. his ice. <laughs> I, I always loved, I, I think I remember the video games having him helmetless too. And I thought that was I think they cool did, insane. yeah. Obviously, yeah, horrifically that. dangerous. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's just crazy to think about now because now we're getting to the point where everybody in the league has, we're, they're working on everybody in the league having a visor now. So 
you know, it's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to think where we've come, Steve. It, all these protective measures to make sure the players are safe. But uh, yeah, Craig McTavish. Uh, yeah, Not I mean, back, he was know, here. Back in uh, my day, men were men, and they would give each other concussions. Finally, and nobody let's talk was crying about it. and why, crying and why. Cry and whine about those concussions, you know. They just take it like a man, drink a beer, drink a Bud Heavy, smoke a pack of cigs, and call it a day. Thank you. Uh, you guys can't see this, but we need to emphasize that. We're, Steve and I, we're both, we're, t- we're mentally men. So right now we're just working out, uh, smoking some cigars, eating drinking steaks. some whiskey, eating steaks, you know, punching holes in walls. I don't know if that's a thing men do, but I, I assume that's a manly thing. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, what the fuck were we? T- oh, Craig McTavish. So Craig McTavish was a flyer. His numbers as a flyer weren't great, by the way. Twenty-five points in a hun- he played exactly a hundred games, um, and uh, was traded for Dale, Dale Howardchuck uh, back in um, March of '96. Is what I have down here. I don't really remember the trade going down. Sorry about that. I was in kindergarten. Seems but, like a good uh, trade. Seems like a pretty decent trade. Yeah, it seems like it worked out fine. Yeah. Uh, and then we mentioned Patrick Sharp again. The post Flyers career. Pretty nice. Uh, when he was here, didn't really get time to show that he was going to have a nice career. So, uh, thanks, Clark. Uh, and then the the last two I have on here, I think another name that might be in the running, and it's just because of, I mean, Lou Angotti. So he was the first captain in Flyers history, here for only one season, and had a team leading 49 points in 70 games. So if we were trying to do, you know, if we were trying to actually look at the history of the franchise, I think he would have to be up there in terms of, you know, guys that weren't here for too long would have had a pretty big impact. That would be, that would be one of my, I think he could be up there. As a, and then the last Being guy. the first captain is good reason. It's a pretty good reason, yeah. And then the last guy, we just, he just had a four-point game. Uh, Yuri Depita, uh 27 points, 11 goals. In <laughs> uh, 52 games in 2001-02, his only season with Philly, one of only two seasons in the league. But there have been, uh, 13 four-goal games uh, by a single flyer since 1979-80, and Dupita has the second most recent back on January 8, 2002 against, to show you how long ago it was, the Atlanta Thrashers. Uh, speaking of those 13 games, by the way, uh, Leclerc has three of them, including the most recent, which came on October 15, 2002. Tim Kerr, no fucking surprise, has four. <laughs> I mean, he just went to the net and pounded home shots from two feet away. So also had one in the playoffs in that time, so he had five. Um, Rick Tockett had two, and then Lynn draws Brian Prop and Kevin Deneen in terms of pulling out names. Hell yeah, random flyers names. Yeah, had the other three. So Yuri Depita, I thought, just based on one season, had twenty-seven. He was over a half a point per game player in fifty-two games. Had eleven goals. Obviously not going to make it, but I wanted to talk about the four-goal game and another random ass flyer. So Steve, you want to you want to look at the forwards now and pick out the three you were thinking of, or you want to go through the rest of the list? I'm willing to do the forwards now because I okay, have... yeah, I'm gonna forget. Well, here's the thing: I think two of them are no brainers. I think Yager and Forsberg are no brainers. I agree, and I think it comes down to the other spot, and I think there are a couple other names. Uh, I think Leno, Howard, Chuck, and Gotti, Amante too, maybe. Who are you thinking? So. I think for our generation, and again, we all, we even have like not quite a generation between us, but we got a few years between us. <laughs> but for a lot of the people that will probably listen to this, uh, I think Ville Leno for for memorable purposes, for sheer talent. I think Howard Chuck. Uh, I 
mean, obviously, you know, Lou Angotti's got a, a big part in Flyers history, but uh, it's it's Lano or Howarchuk for me, and that's a tough decision because it sounds hilarious to even think about picking Ville Lano over Dale Howarchuk. But if you're talking about a one-year wonder, somebody who had a huge impact in the team in a short period of time, I think it's Ville Lano. I think it's Ville Lano. I, I think because we're talking about, you know, if this was just based off of careers, Yager would have made this lineup no matter Yager and Forsberg would have made the lineup no matter what, just because of the careers they had. And we would be looking at other guys that had cups. Of, well, I mean, even if we're looking at careers, wouldn't, um, wouldn't Amante have a better career than Leno? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, like that would be, but if we're talking about just while they were here, I, I got to go Leno because he was, again, you, you were talking about like people our age, Time we've been alive, we haven't seen a cup. And really, Lano was a pretty big part of the team that came the closest to doing that. And it was all he did while he was here. But again, it was it was pretty important. So I think I think it should be Yager, Forsberg, Lano. And I think so. I think there's an inst- uh, an important distinction to make here. Then, uh, if you're going based on talent, it's Yager, Forsberg, Howarchuk. If you're going based on Flyers' impact, it's Yager, Forsberg, uh, Lano. Yeah. yeah, and somehow we don't include Angotti, but that's fine. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. But it's also like I'm, we can't really. I also wasn't around I, for the inaugural flyer season. Yeah, so. I never saw him play. Yeah. I'll say that. There's no. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people saw him play. But uh, okay, so Forsberg, Yager, and Leno are our forwards. And moving on the defense, and uh, again, you got to remember, I just put a couple of these names down. I will. I will go off the flyers that I think could potentially play a hundred games or less. They're on the team this year that I think if we were to do this exercise in a couple of years, they would be discussed. Um, Niskanen and maybe Braun. I don't think, I think Braun's definitely playing under hundred games as a flyer. He's probably not going to be remembered. He's not going to be like somebody like, Oh, I wish we had Braun back. But uh, Niskanen is somebody though. I think if he somehow, if they end up not playing any more games this season, and theoretically, he didn't reach the hundred marks by the end of next season, then they let him walk. I feel like he is somebody that we would look at and may even put him like towards honorable mention of the best uh, short-term flyers here. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I agree. So, but again, we we we're not doing the whole who's on the roster right now because it'd be like, oh, Carter Hart's the best, and we're just not going to go down the whole path. So, uh, random names of Kenny Mevendev, Steve, is he one of your top two defensemen? Let's go. You know it. What do you got? <laughs> Twelve points in forty-five games, 2015-16. Uh, Carlo Koliakovo. Surprisingly, not the first time we've mentioned him while everybody's been in quarantine. Uh, Will O'Neill, one game and they won it. W.O. apostrophe. Uh, Mark Alt. He's a shim and Mark Alt. Just put that fucking tandem from that Blues win back in 2017 back up there. So, Mark Alt, by the way, nine games in two seasons. And those two seasons were 2014-15 and 2017-18. You gotta love it. Mark Alt, baby. Uh, okay, somebody who I think might actually be one of the two defensemen. And uh, fittingly, was here for about the uh, time for a cup of coffee. <laughs> Paul Coffee. So uh, 55 points. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. I know you're laughing. Uh, eight goals, 47 helpers in 94 games back in 96, 97, 97, 98. Uh, 26 points in 37 postseason games. Er, 26 points in 37 games, 96, 97. Nine points in 17 games during the 97 Cup run. Uh, and obviously, if you're going and looking back at 
how good of a defenseman Paul Coffey was. He was all right. He he dabbled in uh, the defensive arts, so he was he was pretty decent. He's got a few uh, points and, up there on the old scoreboard. Yeah, he was okay when it came to a point producing defenseman, and I think did pretty fucking good when he was here as a blue liner and was part of like we were saying before it was a pretty important part of that 97 team or at least it What's felt that, like it as a career kid career total so. for paul coffee that is da, 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 uh, 1531 points <laughs> yeah so as a, as a guy playing pretty, defense pretty, <laughs> pretty good he was pretty good offense too yeah so i think he could I think he might end up being one of the uh, one of the top two defensemen here, especially because he has the uh, we remember him for being part of that '97 team too. Uh, these next couple guys should not be anywhere near the top two, but I do want to talk about Mike Rasche, who it feels like again, he was on the Flyers roster for 300 games. Yeah, uh, 97 games though, uh, 25 points, 79 games, and then one assist in 18 games in 0607. I really just don't fucking remember that dude at all. Besides complaining about him, uh, Lassie Kukkonen. I, I, I've Lassie Kukkonen was one of those guys that really shouldn't be memorable, but I just fucking hated him because he had one of the worst turnovers I've ever seen in my life to give a Vetchkin a goal in Game One of the 2008 series. And uh, that was, uh, you know, being I won, really won the Flyers won that series. Um, you know, maybe not like everybody else listening, but uh, that was a pretty fucking bad turnover. And I just think about that when I think of Lassie Cook. Also, he shares a so, name with uh, a, a famous TV dog. Yeah. So, and uh, he really dogged on that one play. Oh, I mean, it was bad. He should. I mean, hockey. he was in front of the net with. He had the puck in front of the net, plenty of time, and just kind of lollygagged, and then uh, Vetchkin stripped him and dunked on Marty Braun. So left Braun out the, hung him out the dry. So uh, thanks, Lassie. Still hold you against it. Uh, old Christian Tolleson, uh, two points in 18 games back in 2009, 2010. Not not good, but he's on this okay, list. Okay, T. Okay, T. <laughs> and then, uh, well, I'm sure a lot of people on Flyers Twitter will be cheering this next one. Uh, the Gus Bus, Eric Gustafson, uh, like 23 points in 91 games from 2010 11 to 2013 14. I averaged 20.09, 20 minutes and nine seconds of ice time in 2012 13. That surprised me for some reason, but I also remember that the Flyers were just like, I think you and I could have made that blue line that season. That was the year Ken Huskins and um, oh. Curtis Foster, the people don't forget. Uh, we're on the fucking blue line. So it was a real, it was a real who's who of who should not be playing defense in professional hockey on that team. Uh, Freddie Meyer. I don't remember him cause he collapsed after the, his Flyers career, but 32 points in 82 games from 0506 to 0607. Uh, hated Sean O'Donnell. Andrew Roberts was also big and slow. Uh, Jason Smith was slow, but the captain. So it's a little differently. Uh, Oscar's Bart- history. Thank you. He had a yeah. beard. That's that's when you know they're good. That's when you the more the more beard a veteran NHL player has, the more leadership they are bestowing to their teammates. Is the way I look at it. So he was a real. They should have brought him back. They should have brought him back and made sure he was uh, staying on top of that beard. But Oscar's Bartulis, nine points in sixty six games, and he he definitely had an impact on the Flyers Cup run in twenty ten. <laughs> he was averaged six forty four of ice time in seven games during that twenty ten uh, Cup run. 158. He played 158 in Game Five of the Stanley Cup Final, and then played 347 in Game Six. So Peter Laviolette, I don't think he had a lot of confidence in that third pair. He really loved and, his third uh, pair, yeah. Yeah, did not see the fucking ice. Uh, Dennis Gauthier, four assists in six games. I only remember, I only remember him because he uh, fucking put 
Martin Strzok, a parallel on a big regular season hit like years ago. Found the clip on YouTube, made me laugh today. Uh, Andreas Lilia, very bad. Ossie Vanden, very bad. Marc-Andre Mark Bordeaux, unfortunately, career was cut short. Uh, I don't think he was going to be good, though. We can say he was bad. I, uh, I never thought Pizza. he was that good, and I thought people made a big deal out of him for no reason. But again, I, I'm very, you know, and, it's unfortunate about the end of his career. That that doesn't but, really, truly suck. Yeah. But right on cue in terms of uh, perhaps being a little overrated, uh, Lucas Pisa, seven assists in 39 games back in 08 09. Bruno Gervais, Dennis Seidenberg, Jesus Jim Vandermeer. Christ. These are some names that we had to watch. Well, see, Seidenberg <laughs> at least ended up having a really well, good NHL career. Yeah. Yeah. He just didn't exactly uh, get to show that off while he was here. Yeah. But yeah, he ended up being a pretty, turned out to be a pretty reliable blue liner. Um, Vandermeer, the only reason I wanted to talk about Vandermeer was because he was traded to Chicago twice. <laughs> and. The, the players the Flyers gave the Blackhawks. So in 2004, when he was traded to the Blackhawks, um, uh, it was to Colin Frazier. The Flyers gave uh, the Blackhawks Colin Frazier and the second in 2004, which became Brian Bickle and also Jim Vandermeer for Alexei Zhamnoff and um, a 2004 fourth rounder that became uh, nobody. And then in 2007, the Flyers traded Ben Eager to the Blackhawks. For Jim Vandermeer, so the, the the Flyers essentially gave the Blackhawks uh, a couple guys that were like not nothing players on teams that won the cup. I guess like Colin Frazier won a cup with them, and, and Ben Eager won a cup with them in 2010. Ben Eager had a goal in fucking game two of the cup, and uh, Brian Bickle, who had one of the most important goals in like Blackhawks history. So uh, there you go. You're welcome, the Blackhawks. Blackhawks and Jim Vandermeer. Jim Vandermeer created a lot of magic for that uh those Blackhawk teams apparently. Um, also, Danny Markoff is another name <laughs> that I put down here. Uh, five points in 34 games in 0304 after the Flyers traded some forward away from him, I forget. Uh, three points in 18 postseason games in 2004. One goal, uh, his one goal was the serious clinching goal against the Devils. Finally knocked the Devils out. Also, I remember Justin Williams. Don't tweet at me. Uh, Steve Duchesne, Yves Racine, second week in a row we're mentioning him. And then Last but not least, Steve, Steve Andy Delmore. really have 63 20 goals? Did he really have 20 goals? I Yeah. No, that's why. That's the only reason why I put him on here is because he ended up, yeah, doing a that's decent amount of work. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you, yeah, if you, I'm pretty sure I wrote that down, right? But <laughs> I, <laughs> that's actually, the only I, I hate to fact check you, but I'm going to fact no, no, check no, you because I'm so incredulous about this. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I I put it down here because I thought that was the um, uh, what was I going to say? Because I mean, I was going through, I was looking at all the players that played on 100 games, and I looked at his stat line, and I was like, I don't remember that, but or I remember hearing anything about that. Holy sure. shit, you're right. Yeah, in 9192, so he had 18 goals and 38 assists. Steve Duchesne. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's not the the worst. Like, it, 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 I'm just sorry. I'm looking at like awards here, and like he'd be like fifth, seventh in Norris voting kind of stuff. So like, oh okay, above yeah. average defense, and he played a long time. Like he had a really yeah, long yeah. career. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, he was a little. Uh... A little before my time, I believe. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I, mean, I know the name, but I don't, I don't really remember. Right. I, I don't and remember. Apparently, he was able to put up points. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, not so much in his second go around with the Flyers, but uh, no. the first go around, very impressive. But it is weird that he's got, you know, five years with the Kings, year with the. Well, wait, was he part of the? He came back. Uh, was he, he part was of the Lindros trade? 
Linton, no. Uh, I mean, he was part of the... Because he was with Quebec after the Flyers. That's yeah, I think it was... He was part of the first... The first... Um, yeah, the, the trade from Quebec, I believe. I think he was. I thought he was one of the guys, yeah. But then uh, I thought I thought you were talking about the the one where the Flyers gave Lindros to the Rangers. No, no, no I, think no, he I was, was talking about the. He was with the yeah. He was with the. the, the inf- when the I say the Eric Lindros back. trade, I usually mean the Eric Lindros trade. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, because that was Hextall, Simon Forsberg. Yeah, I think it was Duchesne. Um Oh my god, and I forget the fucking other parts now. There was a first in there. Yeah, it was Duchesne. So, yeah. Uh, the finalized trade of the Nordiques acquire Hextall, Duchesne, Ricci, Kerry Huffman, Ricci. Peter Forsberg, and a first-round pick in the 93 draft. $15 million and future considerations. I thought, didn't something become Chris Simone? I thought, or Chris, Chris Simon, Simon, I thought. I thought so. Okay, as the agreed-upon trade included the Flyers sending a 92 draft pick to Quebec, which Philadelphia instead kept because the trade was not yet finalized. Bertuzzi helped the teams agree that the Flyers would send Chris Simon and a pick. Okay. Yeah, you know, Chris Simon. He, I mean, you know, that dude That dude liked to fight, and he had long-ass hair. Uh, and honestly, he should have been someone we mentioned last week. <laughs> like, as a, as a guy that should have... I, well, he... I don't remember him playing games for the Flyers. He was never on the Flyers, right? I'm double-checking. Yeah, I, don't, I thought he was like a... I thought he was like somebody that like the Flyers had his rights, but he never actually played a game for the Flyers. I mean, it just makes so much sense. Yeah, it fits into it, but that would have been... Uh, yeah, the, uh, we only he, have... He, a, no, it's uh, Nordiques, Avalanche, Capitals, Blackhawks, Rangers, Flames, Islanders, Wild. Yeah. And then so he should have been... Yeah, he should have been... Fuck, he should have been on that list, list last been on week. List, but, yeah. <laughs> he would have been one of the top ones, but... Any fuck away. All right. Uh, there's a, the only other two defensemen I have are used for seeing who again. We're, that's the second time on the podcast in the last week we've mentioned him somehow. And then uh, Andy Delmore, who I think might have a chance to be one of the two defensemen here, Steve. Well, based off of the other luxurious also, names I've mentioned, based on the fact that I'm one of the people judging here. Yeah, and yeah, no, because, exactly. And again, so we he had a pretty huge impact on the in the time he was here. Well, and we were talking about you know, runs and our most Mm -hmm. memorable runs. And, you know, unfortunately the 2000 run ends in complete tragedy, but it had Andy Delmore's friggin' hat trick game in the playoffs. And also had the, the Primo game. Yeah. And he also had the, he had a two goal game, uh, in game three, including the overtime winner, the overtime winner that set up Primo's series tying win. So like he had, he had six points in that 2000, uh, Eastern Conference semifinals against the Penguins, five of which were goals. So, two in Game Three, and then you're right, the hat trick in Game Five, which is uh, the most recent hat trick by D-Man in Philly history, I believe, according to the Hockey Reference. Uh, only been two, by the way, since uh, going back, since Hockey Reference started tracking, and I think the only other one since like 1980 is uh, Steve Duchesne. So, those are the two guys that have had a hat trick for the Flyers, D-Man. Um, but I think, I mean, the hat, the five goals in a series. I think might put him ahead of a lot of other guys on this list. So I, I mean, it depends on what you're thinking, but I think I have my two defensemen here picked out. Are you going with coffee and Delmore? Cause I am in agreement. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I really don't know who else would be. Uh... Yeah. I'm I mean, sure there's somebody. You could make a case agreed. for Jason Smith because he was a captain here. 
and that is certainly if you want to judge impact that is certainly impact yeah 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 that's true but and that was i also didn't particularly like jason smith i didn't think he was that good so yeah i was gonna say like he was that angle definitely got played up and he was a like he was a fine defenseman here for a year but i i mean i was surprised he was the captain too uh i don't really have i remember him being physical at times and like kind of clearing the crease and not really taking shit from people but i don't really have too many jason smith uh memories outside of that like i don't really i it feel it would feel weird putting him as one of the top two and i know we had that thing about angotti but also he was the first flyers captain and also he led the team at points so i think that's a little different than just bumping smith up because he was the captain for a season in a weird a little bit of a weird season yeah. i mean they had the shitty season the year before and they catapulted themselves into one series of going to the cup so uh but yeah i can i, I think that he's a fair honorable mention yeah but yeah I, I, I it's coffee and Delmore, right it's coffee like, and Delmore because yeah. if you want to talk about impacts right like coffee was part of one of the few flyers cup runs we've seen in our lifetime and if you want and delmore had a significant impact and he's that one postseason wonder you know he's that one hit wonder yeah he was the he was the R.J. Umberger of defensemen, and it came against the Penguins. So, like, if you if if you ever wanted a defenseman to have a scoring outbreak in the playoff series, it would come against the Penguins. So, and uh, he's the only one in franchise history that's done it. So, I think we that alone we got to give him got to give him credit. Uh, Twenty years later, so Andy, if you're listening, uh, you made it, buddy. This is it. You and Paul Caulfield are in the same uh, mentioned in the same breath. Now the goalies is where it gets fucking weird because I don't even I don't even know. I mean, here are the goalies I wrote down that I, I know played under 100 games, I guess. Uh, Cam Talbot, Calvin Pickard, Ray Emery, Sean Burke, Garth Snow, Bobrovsky, Michael Layton, Jeff Hackett, Ilya Rizgalov, and Michael Neuvert. Brian Elliott, too, has also played 100 games or less for the Flyers. And honestly... There are 43 goalies that have played 100 games. 44 goalies that have played 100 games or less in Flyers history. Do you do do you do you just want to run down them? They're terrible, but I can do it very quickly. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, uh, and I'll see if there's any. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it like Micro Machine Man too, so it's it's gonna be tricky. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> All right, yeah. Dunk Wilson, Jean Marc Pelletier, Jerome Morazic, uh, Martin Hull, Mark Demore, Jeremy Duchesne, Mike McKenna, Cal Heater, Johan Backlund, Maxime Ole, Neil Little, Michel Larocque, Don McLeod, Frederick Chabot, Cam Talbot, Robbie Moore, Wendell Young, Gary Innes. Rob Bruce Hofert, Rob Zepp, Calvin Pickard, Stefan Beauregard, Alex Lyon, Peter Morazic, Anthony Stolarz, Glenn Reich, Glenn Resch, I always forget how to pronounce that, Michelle Belhumer, Sean Burke, Jeff Hackett, Darren Jensen, Michael Layton, Bruce Gamble, Mark LaForest, Bobby Taylor, Phil Meyer, Carter Hart, Tommy Soderstrom, Rick St. Croix, St. Croix, Sergey Bobrovsky, Ray Emery, Michael Neuverth, Garth Snow, Ilya Brzezgalov, and Brian Elliott with Ken Raggett just missing. Brian Elliott. Yeah, and Brian Elliott, again, you know, if the season does not resume, he would qualify for this list, and he is somebody I I think he would be mentioned. I mean, he was fine here. I still see. Not amazing. Yeah, I do do think he's going to beat that 100 out, though, because I think think they're going to bring him back for another season. I I would not be surprised. He's been... I wouldn't be surprised. 
I wouldn't be either, actually. I, I think, think he's um, got a good rapport with the locker room. I think he's got a good rapport with Carter Hart, and I think they like him. And, you know, yeah. he, he's got a good thing going. I think they've got a good thing going. I wouldn't be surprised to see more Brian Elliott in a Philadelphia Flyers uniform. But as we have previously kept current goaltenders off the list, Brian Elliott will be kept off of this list. Get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, when it comes to the other goalies, though, because Carter I, Hart was we were including current goalies. No, yeah, no, it would be fucking, it would be over. But uh, Soderstrom, what were, you don't have that at the page I, up. I have the page up. Okay, well, what were his numbers? And again, I know it was a little different when he was flying. So but... Soderstrom had an 881 GAA. I'm sorry, 881 save percentage and a 366 GAA. Okay. So not great. Yeah, not great. I, and again, I think... That was on a shitty Flyers team, though. That was 93 Those were bad Flyers. Yeah, those were not great. Um, the... Again, I keep... It's the postseason aspect that comes back to me with these. And... I mean, a couple of these stick out to me. Norvirth is interesting to me because he was here for a while and somehow didn't play 100 games. Well, not somehow. He was always fucking injured. But... <laughs> but when you look at the rest of these goalies... He has the best credit to his name, I guess. He he might have the best, one of the best single game performances for any Flyers goalie ever in that game five win against the Cavs back in 2016. Yeah. And I, I, we talk about it all the time, but again, Flyers won 2 nothing on the road in a must win game, and they were outshot 44 to 11. <laughs> and one of those shots on goal for the Flyers was an empty net goal, and Ryan White scored just after a power play. So it's not to make the 11 even worse somehow. So if you want to talk about a game where the Flyers, one of the games the Flyers deserve to win least in franchise history, and this guy single-handedly pulled out a win for the team, like I think that deserves a little bit of love. But, um, you know, and Ray Emery, I thought his numbers were a little bit better than they were here. Uh, 19, 23, and 9. Um, 899 save percentage and two shutouts in 2013, 14, 2014, 15. And one assault uh, of Braden Holpe. One assault of Braden Holpe. We got to remember that. Maybe he gets the starting. Not, no, he's not going to get the starting now because of that. But uh, Sean Burke and Garth Snow, too, are guys that I feel like, I don't know. Uh, like they, Garth Snow, no more for his giant shoulder pads than anything. Yeah, and fighting like they, Steve Shields. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen very few goalie Steve fights Shield. in my time. So I. I remember when I see goalie fights. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no. It's just, I, uh, I love that two of the guys mentioned on here on this under 100 list had fights, memorable fights as goaltenders. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, they're all, they all have pretty distinct, like Talbot and Pickard, I'm always going to put together for being fucking useless on that team last year uh ray emery is i mean he's a pretty memorable personality and he did a lot of memorable shit with the flyers well and there's also uh, you know you could really argue that if ray emery didn't what do you have a hip issue it was his hips yeah you know, nine, he had, ten. Yeah, if he doesn't have that uh, hip issue the way he's playing that season you could argue that the flyers make the playoffs a little more easily than they do and don't have to deal with like Leighton at all because it's, you have a healthy Ray Emery. Who's your starting goaltender. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's a, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a pretty good case. So I think that's why yeah, I would Fires put him win the um, cup if Ray Emery is healthy that year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Cause then, uh, I mean, one of the other names we got down here is Michael Leighton, who again, 
I mean, that would be. You, you want to talk memorable? <laughs> he's not memorable. Oh, memorable. For, well, oh yeah, memorable no, memorable. Both, he's memorable for both the right and the wrong reasons. He's got one of the great underdog Rocky stories in in Philly history, but he's also got one of the worst, like letdowns in Philly championship history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's and... got the Bill Buckner play of Flyers history. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, that really is the Bill fucking Buckner play. I wonder when we're gonna get our uh, our World Series after that, like the Red Sox. Maybe we'll go on a nice little run here in a it's couple of years. Probably but, yeah. years from now. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean so, it's... so Briz isn't your guy, even though he's the most memorable one here. Like Ilya no, Brizgalov he... is a guy whose name we will never forget in Flyers history. But there is no good association beyond him being a goofball. Yeah, and he. You're right, and there's just too much like LinkedIn with the 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 trades and everything. I guess is a little bit of a an annoying angle as a fan. So I don't think that would be. Bruce Golf is not going to be the guy for this exercise. I think. I, I I think it might be Bob. Honestly, I think Bobrovsky's a pretty good one. Bobrovsky's a guy who maybe he didn't really get the full career here that you know we all can lament till the end of time. Um, but at the end of the day, he is the, I think he showed flashes of the, the, you know, being the goaltender he would eventually become. And he's the best, I think, flat out goaltender on this list here. Yeah, on the list I got, on the list we put here together. So, and I I tend to agree with that because, I mean, my only other argument would be Neuvers just because that one playoff game win, <laughs> that one playoff win would do it for me. I mean, but if you're talking that... memorable performances, it's Leighton for, you know, shutting out the Canadians a few times. And yeah. honestly, even putting in good playoff performances after the career he had, you know, being the best AHL goaltender of all time, but yeah, uh, not really like he, he is a, you know, what they call a, a four, a player in the MLB level, a guy who's not really, you know, Jordan wheel, essentially a guy who's yeah, better yeah. than the uh, minor leagues, but not good enough yeah, for the NHL. Better. And that's Michael yeah. Layton. But he does have the story. And Michael Neuverth has the single best performance of anybody on this list. But Bobrovsky's the best goalie here. It is. You know, that's funny about Layton, though. I, I, I didn't even think about him, actually. Uh, he had three shutouts against the Canadians. That is So, I almost wonder if we here. have to give this the, the Dale Howarchuk caveat, then, where it's like, you want to talk like a one-year wonder, right? You want to talk somebody who... I can't believe I'm talking myself into this, but if you want to talk guy who you are, just baby. Had one it. run, one memorable run, and that's it. <laughs> it's Michael Layton. <laughs> I just talked myself into it. Bobrovsky's <laughs> the guy who he's the ultimate should have kept, right? In Flyers goaltending history. He's, uh, he's up there. Yeah, he's definitely. Like, I mean, up I, doing I should have kept, been, and yeah. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to run into that it because the score team's yeah. nowhere close to over. Yeah, we you should but do that. The yeah. should have kept, but a one-hit wonder, it's Michael Layton. Oh, boy. I mean, okay, now, the thing is, is now that we've picked him, we got to see if there's any way we can... I don't know if we can go out to the masses with this. I, I mean, we got to workshop this live on the podcast. I mean, we got to see if we can... Uh, you got to see... I mean, you can justify Neuwirth for that one game. I don't... Yeah, but I mean, fuck. I mean... And you could... I just want to make Ray it Emery had two... You can make it Ray Emery? 
And I was gonna say, and Ray Emery really wasn't like a one hit. He, he had two. I mean, he was a one hit wonder in that it took one hit to destroy Braden Holtby. Oh man! Okay. Boom! Good night and good yeah, hockey. Two hander right there. Yeah. Uh, and then, but every I'm other sorry, guy, man, it's. That was uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was really assault, actually. <laughs> Hopey was obviously wanted no fucking part of that. No, the it was, like, it was terrible. The refs were like, no, let him, let him duke it out. They're, 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 angry. they're both angry. Let him handle it. He basically dragged him out of his house in the middle of the night to beat the shit out of him in front of his kids. Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty bad. I mean, the game was pretty bad in general. So uh, that kind of, yeah, but the that was fucking, yeah, that was a real bad moment. Um, yeah, but these other guys, I mean, fuck. Uh, like, Jeff Hackett's not getting it. Um, yeah, Neuvirth again, only that one game. Elliot's going over. <laughs> Garth Snow and Trump. <laughs> Are we doing this? I mean... I don't this... want to. But I don't want I to think either. we have to. I don't know. If we're playing the rules of the game, if Villeleno makes is... the forwards... Here's the thing. I don't think if we have Villeleno making the forwards, we can't not put Leighton for the goalie. I Lano did not have as big a gaff and as memorable a gaff that will go down in Flyers history but, as Leighton had. But if we're talking one hit wonders, right? One hit wonders. That is, like I mean, one that's one wonders, like one year guys. And again, to not to because Bobrovsky. Let's. Is, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up Bobrovsky's numbers right now. Okay. Well, I was gonna say real quick too. Let's pretend like Bobrovsky let, had a 909 save percentage and a 273 GAA, which is good. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that's not over the top. But though. he didn't do and anything I, and I did memorable say... here beyond getting beyond getting traded before he won a Vesna with the Columbus yeah. fucking Blue Jackets. Right. Yeah. And I was gonna say I do remember like I, I do remember him making some monster saves during that year that I felt like he didn't get enough credit for, and I felt like he was he stole a lot of goals that season despite what his numbers look like. But still, you're right. Like that's not enough for the criteria <laughs> we've established. Yeah, it might end up being. Yeah, God, it really might come down to Michael Layton here. It's it's Layton, it's Neuverth. Oh, it's Jeff Hackett. It's it's Vertigo. Madam, please don't Vertigo. Oh my so. God, he will be. Oh, he'll be to Jeff Hackett, but that's the most memorable yeah, thing about him is the fact that he got Vertigo. It, I mean, it really is. Yeah, I was gonna say we'll rank him fourteenth on this list. Sean Burke is ultimately not memorable. He's really not. He's not. But, yeah. He's a fine two goalie, ten years ago. but he's just not memorable. I think Garth Snow's got an argument because he was on the 97 Cup team and he had the fucking shoulder pads from hell. Yeah. I also remember and he, had that cool, he also had that cool mask with like the abominable yeah. snowman on it, which was badass. Yeah. I loved it. I was going to say, like, aesthetically, it would be Garth Snow because uh, he looked pretty cool as a kid watching the watching him on the bench back at the Flyers that season. Like they, but... they literally, I mean, if you want to make the argument, it could be Garth Snow because they literally had to reduce equipment size because of Garth Snow. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, but see, I don't want to take that out. We we have to deal with the Michael Layton dilemma. We just, we got to face this head on, Steve. As adults, we can't, you can't always get what you want in life. Things are what they are. Is oh my god, is Michael Layton is he is he our fucking guy here? I think he's our fucking guy. I don't want it to be, and I, I don't. He has the biggest guy. Gap. He has the Buckner of Flyers history, but at the same time, he has the most memorable run of any goaltender under a hundred games in Flyers history. Well, how many shutouts was it against the Montreal Canadiens in the Eastern Conference Finals? 
three fucking shutouts in the Eastern Conference Finals. None of these yeah. guys can claim a playoff performance uh, even close to that. Yeah. Except for Neuwirth. But, and again, that's... That's, that's one that's game. One. And he didn't yeah. win the series. And Leighton won the series that got them to the Stanley oh. And also, again, oh, I was going to say, also, that you, you're, you're taking me back to a point I forgot to make earlier, though, that I was starting. If we can, and I'm sure we've all done this before, if you forget that goal in overtime in Game 6, considering the fact he also came in during the middle of the Flyers' comeback against the Bruins, all, like as the backup in the middle of a game and helped the Flyers win those games, he came in, I believe, in the middle of Game 5. Close that game out with the team. I had a I held the Bruins to one goal in Game Six, and then uh, one Game Seven too. So helping the Flyers with the comeback, and then also the three shutouts in the Montreal series. I think we gotta. I think it's gotta be Leighton, and I, I, I believe me, this makes my skin crawl. But it, it has to be Look. him. I mean, okay, I'm pulling up the playoff stats now. So in the twenty. 2009-10 playoffs. Michael Layton had a 9.16 save percentage and a 2.46 GAA with three shutouts. He went eight and three. That's good. <laughs> he's got he's got one significant playoff run, and his other playoff is he's got two other career playoff games played, and they are a disaster. They are a complete See, disaster. And I... But it, it doesn't think, matter if we're talking about a one-year wonder. That one year say, is fantastic. And, and, and I, the thing is, the Flyers the didn't do him any favors, if we're being honest. The, the Flyers no. didn't exactly come out and be like, like, the Flyers weren't the LA Kings, where they were giving you all the defensive support, they were smothering the other team. Like, the Blackhawks had lots of chances. No, no yeah. The and, problem was, the, the Flyers Canadian. only had two defensive pairings they really could rely on. Yeah. No, that was the thing. He was, he was not the main reason the Flyers were able to defensively hold teams down, I guess. But he did play. A, I mean, it was the top four, and he did make saves. Like he, there were some big saves he had to make make during that run. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just Pronger, Tim, and Carl and Coburn just limiting other teams eleven shots in those games. Like he had, I you go back and watch highlights of those games, he saved some breakaways. He was saving some cross ice chances. Like he was, he, he was, he had his impact on those teams. So. And the fact is I, also he helped the flyers even make the playoffs that year because after Ray Emery went down, like that was, that was pretty questionable. And he yeah. went on his regular season stats are pretty good too. He had a nine eighteen save percentage, uh, two forty eight GAA in the regular season. He went uh 26, 16 and five. So, yeah, they did lean on they leaned on Boucher a lot during the stretch. But that's you know what? That's besides the point. My, Michael Layton is the goalie. He's he, but it. he is the definition of a one hit wonder. It was the only significant good yeah. run he had in the NHL. Look, we'll do this. We'll just stay off social media. I'll continue to stay off social media. <laughs> we just won't we won't listen to the haters. We'll just we'll just go with this. We never do. We're in this together. We're just, this <laughs> is yeah, that's right. All right. Do you want so, us to get through on a couple of topics? We got a yeah, weird one-hit flyer team right here. So, but I really want to see them all play a game together. I would love and to see beautiful. what a disaster because get it's so yeah, offensive heavy. It's so offensive <laughs> heavy. <laughs> this game would be like this would be like a twelve to ten game. It'd be Flyers Penguins twenty twelve. This team would be 
like an offensive mission. They would be the New York Rangers of their time. They would just it would be all offense for both teams. They would score a lot and they just wouldn't play. They'd never go in their own zone. You know Yager ain't playing defense. You know Billy Lano ain't playing defense. Peter Forsberg can play some defense. His ankle. Yeah, well his his ankle's ankles gone. Yeah, he's got to try it. He's not going to be able to skate 200 feet oh anymore. Paul Coffey is probably too old. He'll get winded going up and down the ice. So once he's in the offensive zone, he's not leaving. And then you got Andy Delmore. Both, you know? both Andy, Andy Delmore. and Delmore aren't leaving the offensive <laughs> Like, you almost have to get Jason Smith in there just so you have one guy playing defense to keep Michael Layton from letting up 40 goals. No, no, no. We, no. I'm not changing the front five. I think Michael Layton is just the uh... – I don't want Jason Smith in. No, I. What about, I had, what about we Mike had one year. <laughs> it really shutting it down. Yeah, all offense and then one guy that can't keep up with the play. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. I can't believe Darian Hatcher had over a hundred games as a flyer. I mean, again, I'm going. Every name you say, I'm kind of like, fuck. Did he play? But I, I went through. I went to Hockey Reference and I just typed in Flyers 100 games or less. And I started going through a list. So I assume I, Hatcher had to have played over. Uh, yeah, I think he had to, right? Because he came after the lockout, and he left after 2007-08 season. Yeah, he played over 100. I, it's just unbelievable that he played over yeah, 100. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, like, I, I can't know. believe Ryan White played over 100 games. I can't believe Peter White played over 100 games. Yeah. Yeah, actually... You know, Phil Pula yeah, didn't I'm... qualify for this list. Phil Pula played 101 games. Phil Pula played more fucking games as a Philadelphia Flyer than Peter Forsberg. That is a little Chris, crazy. Also, Chris Gratton played 108 games as a Philadelphia Flyer. <laughs> One of the worst trades. Say, you're giving me like paranoia going through all these names now because I'm like, oh fuck, did we? Oh uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm yeah, they're all just I, right I, there. I have it ranked by games played right now. Like, I'm glad you brought the Philadelphia one up though because that was somebody I was looking at and I was like, we got to mention him because he is he is a very memorable 101 game Flyer. Hey Craig, man, who's played more games as a Flyer, Nolan Patrick or Chris Pronger? No way. Nolan Patrick's played more? Who do you think? You think it's Pronger, right? I mean, no, I'm thinking, now that you're asking me, I'm thinking Patrick. Guess what? They but, played the same exact number of games. Yeah, see, that 145. is 145. Kind of, that is kind of weird, actually. Dan Carcillo played 153 games as a Philadelphia Flyer. That's pretty Del Zotto played 167. <laughs> and that <laughs> guy fun. seems like a one-year wonder. He seems yeah, like one guy or one good year, and that was it. But the guy was here for a bit. He did only have one good year, but he was here for a bit. Ruslan <laughs> well, we played earlier. nearly 200 games to Philadelphia Flyer. I should have sent you the list. I'm not not kidding. I should have sent you like the first list of guys I put together before I started doing research. Carcillo and MDZ were two of the guys I put on the list immediately because I was like, no fucking way did either of these guys play like over 100. I figured... figured Carcillo would have missed some kind of time in those couple seasons. but And MDZ, you're right, like... But he was here for parts of three seasons, four seasons. No, three seasons. I mean, I we didn't talk about such luminaries as Hal Gill. Oh, yeah, Hal Gill. Tannic Martell, Adam Oates. Tannic Martell left off, yeah. Adam, Adam Oates <laughs> yeah. is my yeah, favorite Adam Oates, like, short-term flyer because that guy had an amazing NHL career, and he just did not play here. No. Oh, we didn't talk he about some of our other favorites, like uh, Christopher Stieg. Yeah, Christopher Steve. Yeah, there's some guys I knew just weren't gonna like. I don't know. Yeah, I just for some reason. Christian didn't think. Foline. Yep, I, I had him on that list too. Oh, He's fucking God. bad. Corbin Knight. Corbin Knight was like. <laughs> yeah, Corbin Knight was somebody I thought of immediately for that twenty-eight. Hartman, I think. 
Yeah. No, Jamlov was another one too. Yeah. Oh my god. And we already mentioned him. Yeah. yeah. So he. I'm confident with these. I'm confident with our five skaters. I'm and confident I'm too. Reluctantly accepting our goalie, based off of yeah. So. I mean. I mean, the Moran Mafia is, is not going to be happy with left Samuel Moran off the list. Oh but... no. No. Yeah. yeah, and and Higgs played Higgs played more than Higgs games, played so two hundred games. Yeah, he's played plenty of games here, so we can't even try and squeeze him in here. Yeah, Moran was somebody too that I I think I ha- I had on my list originally, but like yeah, ended up getting surpassed by uh, Coffee and uh, Delmore. <laughs> Andy Delmore was somebody I did not think was gonna. When I sat down and did this, I not I did not think <laughs> you weren't uh, thinking. Let's make a hockey Delmore team with close. Andy Delmore as one of the starting yeah. defensemen, but. Here we are. Delmore. I didn't think Howard Chuck would be close. Uh, and I, I guess I really didn't even think about Angotti for this angle, but his, he's well, got a pretty is, good case. Yeah. This is similar to the, the down goes Brown build a team thing we did. That's what I was going to say. I was thinking of, cause I was like, there's a reason I was thinking of Oates and Howard Chuck last summer for some reason. I know it was like kind of some kind of build a team. Do you remember what that was? Yeah. It's like kind of one of those. Uh, so it was you, you can build a team. And I think it has to be like you get like two hundred dollars to build this team, but and it was former players. You only so you, it's a dollar amount based on the number of games played for each player, but the you get to when you're evaluating the player, you get to use their entire career. Yeah. So for the Flyers, it was everybody was like, all right, Yager, Otarachuk, for <laughs> like right. the th- or and, co- and Coffee's like a guy you had to and try coffee. and work in there. So that's you had right. to make like a sacrifice yeah. of one of those guys. But like Oates was such a no brainer because he had an amazing career, but only played a f- handful of games as a, a flyer. So he was a, a oh, real value right. pick. Yeah, yeah, I think it was they had to play a certain amount of games, maybe. So like everybody like picked like Johnny Oduya for defense because he had a really good career, <laughs> but he only played yeah, one he game was as like a flyer, a and it was a disaster. Yeah, he was. Yeah, everybody loaded up on offense, and they slid in uh, Johnny Oduya. Yeah. yeah. So that was a uh, yeah. That's the kind of shit we got to find more of those. Maybe, uh, maybe we make one of our own. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, maybe. Maybe a future uh, verbally yeah, under quarantine. Uh, yeah, I'll see. I'll see. I can't believe yeah. you left Danny Sivaret off. That's the last thing I'm gonna say. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not fucking making PJ it. Offensive line about Danny Sivaret. PJ Stock. Eric Jesus Wellwood. Christ. I know. Eric Wellwood I looked at. I loved Eric Wellwood. I didn't I knew he wasn't gonna make it Gino though. Gino Ochik. Gino fucking Ochik. That's a pull. Alexi right Shitnik, who is like my the, the <laughs> best like anger nickname of any player of all time because you just called him Shitnik. <laughs> I had him originally. Joe Sacco. Joe Sacco. Yeah. Oh my god. There Former are some fucking names right here. And I could read these all goddamn day. But we do have to call it at a certain point. So to recap our flyers under a hundred one hit wonders team, Peter Forsberg, Ville Leno and Yaramir Yager for your forwards, <laughs> Andy Delmore and Paul coffee at defense and everybody's favorite, Michael Layton in goal. Michael Layton, baby. Yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're leaning into we it. We did it. We're leaning into it's already it. Done. Yeah. It's done. Consider it done. Well, folks, that's it for this Fly Perfectly Under Quarantine. But if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Sports Are Bad. Uh, I am going to get the uh, Luckiest Unluckiest Shooters article out this week. Started working on it this weekend. Uh, and then there are a couple. I mean, I have a couple of ideas. I'm not going to do the thing where I tell you what's coming up and then not do it. So we'll just see if I write them by the end of the week. So if not, they'll be out next week. And, you know, this goes by now. 
Yeah. But the, the I will have the luckiest unluckiest shooters article out this week because I'm I'm on the verge of finishing it, so I just need to actually sit down and iron it out. So maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, we'll say. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, that's what's going on there. And uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, yep. Just ready for yeah. your Pelotron. Just yep. Oh, I will. <laughs> As I put it in the the room in my apartment with the most amount of windows so the most amount of people can see me doing it. So You're putting on a show for it. the people, Craig. Yeah, that's right. Just let them know that I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, Announcing to the public I'm working out. I, that's that's the only way to do it. And then put it all over Instagram and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and people start doing deadlifts doing and, and put those on Instagram. That's what people want yeah, to see. If, if people don't know that you're working out, are you really going to actually make progress in the gym? You know, you got people need to know you're getting sweaty and, you know, getting swole. So that's why I do that. Uh, <laughs> so Craig is doing, uh, he's writing out, doing workouts for the people, putting it all over social media. <laughs> I am making new and exciting recipes with Lysol. Uh, stay tuned for my Lysol latte recipe. But Ooh. you can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum. Uh, make it fly purpley for all of your hockey needs. Be sure to follow BSH Radio and Broad Street Hockey, all of that good stuff. We're putting out so much tangy tent right now. Uh, please try to listen to all of it and read all of it on the website. Everybody's doing a great job uh, considering that there is no hockey to talk about on the quarantine. So, yeah. yeah. We're still pumping it out. We're still doing We're a pretty good job considering all the, all the shit that's going on. The goddamn so. thing. The goddamn God thing. thing. Yeah. All right, folks, that's all we got. <laughs> Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Please, for the love of God, wash your hands. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. And Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!